what's up, guys, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the uh, official retro podcast. Uh, anyway, uh, my name is Fred. I'm one of your hosts, um, Gamertag Spiders Fan, on just about everything. And across the way from me is my super special guest, never appeared on the show before. I welcome Trees. What's up, Trees? Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. Long, long, long time, first time. I know. It took <laughs> took a long time, lots of meetings. My people had to call your people, put mm. it together. Mm-hmm. We managed to whip it all together because of our love for um, LucasArts. LucasArts is our topic for tonight. But oh, we... what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Continue what you were going to say. I, I Even if amazed. it wasn't clever. Yeah. No, it wasn't clever. I was just amazed we started already. I didn't know. I didn't know. It was, I'm reading WrestleMania facts. Yeah. No, I like to get into the heavy just, shit right away. No, you're that... you're in luck. We've got some drivel uh, before we get going because let me just I... let me just say to people listening. First is I literally just got out of bed ten minutes ago. I'm in a freezing cold basement in a bathroom drinking a beer. So, which makes you absolutely qualified for the topic at hand take, because that's take. kind of what a Lucas Arts development team feels like at all times, from what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, um, but uh, uh, before we do that, though, I'm 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 doing a little bit of a, a section change, and I didn't even uh, let our special guest know this, so. There's a news section, but it's going to be very brief, Trees. It's going to be a news section. But, you know, kind of the, the idea of retro news is almost ironic. Um, so so, uh, so I'm just going to say real quick, uh, you know, just a couple of things to keep people updated. First of all, if you don't know, uh, my topic for the site this month and probably going forward, I've, I've decided not to limit it to just months. It's just going to be like a an outlet of gaming I like, and I'm just going to run with it and see how long it takes me. Um, I'm doing light gun shooters. I don't know if you've seen trees. I've, I've so far covered duck hunt Hogan's alley and the very popular operation wolf, but, um, Mm -hmm. doing all the light gun shooters I can. Um, and it's already been said to me. So yes, I understand. And I will, I promise do an entire playthrough of Aerosmith's revolution X. I have that ready to go. Got get a hold of um, get a hold of Gumshoe because I can never beat that shit. I need never. to go find Gumshoe. Yeah, it's, um, even even holding the gun point blank to the TV, I still couldn't beat that game. Well, it's funny, um, and I don't know that I would recommend. I even warn you in in the YouTube page for the videos for like Duck Hunt Hogan's Alley. I'm like, well, I mean, these games are kind of boring to watch. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason as to how some of those hits happen and and don't happen. But um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a fun topic, and on the cover of uh, Gaming History 101, I got the Lethal Enforcers covered. Do you remember this, Trees? Lethal Enforcers? Yeah, the cover, the box uh, cover. Uh, remind me. Oh if man! You say, if you say it, if you show it, I it's it, yeah. I mean, here I'll just uh, here's the link to Gaming History 101, and uh, if you go to the main page, it's clear as day, and and that yes, sucker's not to yep. be messed with. <laughs> Yeah, because it's a Dirty Harry ripoff. Yes, it really is. Um, I just love the terrorist with the gas mask will never get old. <laughs> yeah. Why is, why is that guy swinging on the crate for no reason? It's dangerous. You know, because he, he, he's not fucking around. He saw a movie one time. <laughs> that guy could fall. <laughs> I don't... And then where would we be? Um so here's the interesting debate, and you tell me what your thoughts are. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to follow them, but I'm thinking about doing the whole, and you roll your eyes as I say it, the whole Mad Dog McCree and uh, and uh, Who Shot Johnny Rock and Ground Zero Texas. Do I cover those? I like the other two because they're obscure. Mad Dog McCree is a little weak because it's the go-to 
make fun of like gun game that everybody does. Well, I might do a quick write up then on like the whole yeah. series, both one and two, because one and two are, are completely mm. you can swap them out. Like even the developer wouldn't know which one they were playing. <laughs> so, mm. um, so I might do that. But yeah, I was I was always hesitant because Mad Dog McCree, if you beat it, it's kind of like Dragon's Lair. It's like a ten mm-hmm. a ten minute game if you right. if you can beat it. Um, and uh, it's funny because on the Wii, I got the Mad Dog McCree collection, and I beat it the first time through, and I realized that the problem is not that I'm bad at the game. It's that the interface is so shitty on the Sega CD and 3DO that you just can't win. <laughs> Does that game have an old prospector with no teeth? <clears throat> yes. It, uh, he has teeth, but it's an old Does prospector who walks you through town. Yeah. Yeah. Like and it's no. gorgeous on the Wii. i got to be honest is, with you. Is it? Yeah. It's funny. It's perfect. <laughs> They should go do like refilm that in HD. <laughs> it's close to it, man. It's it's all the laser disc glory you could ever hope for. I swear it's a straight rip of the laser disc on the Wii. So, you know what I like about this Lethal Forces cover? See, people who listen to this show know that my best I'm best at just describing game yes. covers. That's what I do. I is want it, it to be is, a segment sometime, but here they, it is. <laughs> we could we like critiquing art. But the gun is cropped. Like yes. Heavily cropped. Well, but and it, it, I actually did part of that because it's got all the ratings and stuff like that, but you couldn't see anything. It's just a big red Genesis underneath this. Yeah. Well, my point is they, they squeezed in the justifier yeah. on the gun, and it's, it's etched yeah, it, on it. It so makes it, fits. it yeah. just fits. If you can see, like, in the lower left corner, the bullseye that starts the Genesis thing is still in there, but I had to I cropped some of it out. And they probably shouldn't park that plane in front of uh, all the big danger hazard signs. <laughs> well, and if you look in the upper right corner, you can see the creases and stuff. You know what this is? I've got the fucking boxed copy, and I just scanned it on my scanner. Yeah, that's good though, man. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's that that that's the kind of uh, quality uh, graphic design you can expect from Gaming History 101. Um, we we scan the original boxes. We don't fuck around. No. <laughs> so, all right. So real quick. Um, Two bits of gaming news, and, and Trees, you may actually have interest in, in one or both of these. Um, first of all, Resident Evil 1.5 got released. 1.5? Yeah, do you know what 1.5 is? Mm, uh, no, okay. I don't think that is. <laughs> um, basically, Resident Evil 2 was being made, and like many of the Resident Evil games, it wasn't going off very well. Uh, there were two people, there was obviously Leon and then Elza Walker, who was supposed to be just some like scientist. Um, we're going to be the two of them, and it would start the campaign in two different places, and you would end up in the middle for the end of it, which to a certain extent is what happens in Resident Evil 2, but mm-hmm. um, obviously Elzo uh, was m- turned from the biker chick scientist into Chris Redfield's sister, Claire Redfield, um, and Leon starts at the at the police station, and she was supposed to start in a lab. Now, um, the game now puts them in the same place, but, um, and what they really were doing with this game was, uh, trying to, um, increase the zombie population. There's a part in the very beginning where you're walking down a hallway as Leon and all of a sudden these arms come out and it's literally like 30 zombies on the screen at the same time. Mm. Um, trying to do the dead rising thing before it happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, but the problem was, is that everything moved really slow and they really couldn't have, it had to be kind of almost scripted. They couldn't have them be like AI, you know what I mean? Right, right. And so they scrapped so, that. 
Hmm? So was this like a Japanese-only thing, or is this something they uncovered and just released uh, it? They recently uncovered it. What ended up okay. happening was they were going to... Did you notice how like a year after Resident Evil came out, we got the director's cut, and everyone acted like it was a big fucking mm-hmm. deal, and everybody who owned it was like, why did we buy this? Mm-hmm. The reason for that was because that was the original release window of Resident Evil 2, and everybody was told that. Mm. And then it didn't work out, and they scrapped the game completely. But those... Annoying ass monkeys from Resident Evil Zero were first found in this. That was that was an original mm-hmm. idea. Elza fights them, um, but uh, in order to make Japanese fans happy, because it was a little more scripted in Japan um, as to the release of this and then the the discontinuation of it because of Famitsu, um, they released in the director's cut a bonus disc on top of the demo of the second game um, of the original um, development. Basically, all the demo that has now been released on the internet of this game to kind of show it to you. And uh, it basically shows you what Resident Evil 1.2 could have been. And um, and everyone was really big about it. It was like a holy grail of gaming for a long time. And now some people have uncovered um, the entire like demo disc plus like all the additional <laughs> coding and everything. And they're actually finishing the game. Which is very interesting. Um, mm. But so far, all they've released is the demo that's played in the videos in Japan. And you can find it on YouTube, I think. And I've been playing through it, and it's it's kind of interesting because basically there's a bunch of doors. And when you walk through a certain door, um, the game freezes. And you have to <laughs> restart your, your PlayStation if you're using a hacked one. Or what most people are probably going to do is play it in an emulator where you just press reset mm. and it's easier. Um, I think it's probably um, the better way to play this. I think I'm done with uh, Resident Evil. <laughs> what do you think about that? Touche. Because uh, it's just like that does nothing for me. You you telling me right now in this retro little news thing that yeah. there's a uncovered 1.5, I don't care. Fair enough. I like the first one. Second one was the pinnacle. Yeah. Uh, Dreamcast, Code Veronica. Enjoyed it. Then the next Did time I got- Did you know that Code Veronica- was supposed to actually be Resident Evil 3, and because of a contract of Sony's, the mm-hmm. side project about the Nemesis project ended up becoming Part 3, but it was never intended mm-hmm. to be that way, which is why Code Veronica feels like the sequel instead of Nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. I skipped Zero. I skipped <laughs> Nemesis. Skipped zero. <laughs> right. Nemesis. My buddy got real into uh, the online one for the PS2. Oh. 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 Outbreak? Outbreak. Jesus. He just talked to me about Outbreak all the time. I just told no. him to shut up. Outbreak was and, horrible. Right? And then I skipped uh, 4. I, I loved. i you skipped 4. Oh, you no, did no, play I, four. I loved okay. 4. And yeah, I even replayed it on the PS3 when they released them for download. PS5 I skipped. I mean, uh, Resident Evil 5 I skipped. Uh, I have it. It was a free <laughs> PSN <laughs> download. Plus, yeah. yeah. Gold edition. 6 I'm skipping. Like, I just don't care anymore. Right, let's, fair enough. I mean, let's get back to the real franchise that they're overlooking, Dino Crisis. Let's get back to uh, that. Right. I actually, I am on board with that because Dino yeah, Crisis 3 was an abortion. It was horrible. Yeah, there was one, one and two. One and two and was then, great. And then three was in outer space. Yeah. <laughs> well, they always jump the shark, put it in outer space, and it falls apart. <laughs> it, it did have a mecha T-Rex, but. So. Hard as bring, fuck. All right. Well, that back. And the second news story um, is maybe something you would be interested in. They did a fan remake of um, uh, Fantasy Star Generations. Now, this is a JRPG. Fantasy Star 1 was on the Master System. It was in the Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection, but it's a very old, dated, 
hard to play game and it's tough as nails and you need like grid paper to play the dungeons. <laughs> well, they updated on the PS2 in Japan only and alert and released it. And it's actually, from what I hear, a very preferred way to play the game. Like, it's even more updated than, say, the fan, uh, or what were those fucking games that were on Sega CD and then came out hardcore on PlayStation? Um, they also had PSP ports. Um, it's a JRPG. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm blanking on it because it's a working designs game. Um, not the Luna games. Lunar, there we go, thank but- <laughs> you. I don't know why I couldn't remember a Lunar Silver Star story and, uh, and the second yeah, one. The- the remake one for the PSP is excellent. Right. And so I'm told it's it's as big of a jump, if not more so, from the Sega CD version of Lunar to the PSP version. It's the same thing. And they released an English translation. And, uh, again, it's it's ready to go. The ISO is available for download. It's easy to play in an emulator or on a modded PS2. Again, PS2 is a little hard to play in an emulation and on a modded console, but it's there. It's, uh, from what I hear, the, the best way to play it. And I've never played Fantasy Star 1, so I'm thinking about doing it. So, anyway, that's it for the news. <laughs> boom. And good on it. <laughs> so, okay, let's get into LucasArts. Let's, <laughs> let's dive in. Yeah, this, uh, so. I will say this um, yeah. about LucasArts. Like, looking up their, their, their game history, mm-hmm. it's like I recognize... Like, I wanted to say earlier, like, LucasArts, what do I know about LucasArts? But looking up their history. You've played a shit ton of their games. Yeah, you. and if I haven't, I know the names. Yeah. Like, the names are very, you know, they, they left a pretty good stamp, I would say. Well, because they've got, like, kind of three major tiers. Um, they've obviously got their Adventure Games tier, which was the early on stuff. Then they moved into kind of bilking their franchises, everything mm-hmm. from Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and all that stuff, in kind mm-hmm. of, like, 16-bit sprite-based games, yep. and they wrap it all up with, you know, taking the next step in, yeah. in the Star There's, Wars world and I, things like that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it, but I believe I already said it to you on, on Twitter. There's only one true LucasArts game that I get heated about. <laughs> so it's Republic Commando. <laughs> oh, my God. Wiz number two. What is wrong with them? Gold sitting on a gold mine. These people. <laughs> Well, <laughs> unfortunately, um, it doesn't look like uh, anything's going to be coming out because Disney recently acquired them, and as Disney is customary to do, um, uh, shut them down. Revolutionary. It was revolutionary. <laughs> we do have some Twitter questions that are going to ask some specific questions um, in regards to the shutdown, but we'll get to those at the end. Um, so in the meantime, we're just going to wax for about an hour here. On the games. Um, but as you know, I, I tend to do a little bit of a historical thing. Nothing much to talk about. But uh, real quick, LucasArts was founded in 82 um, by Lucasfilm Limited. Obviously, George Lucas was behind it. Um, mm-hmm. He wanted his company to branch out and um, uh, worked with Atari to produce video games uh, to start off. Um, obviously him and Atari were kind of bedfellows because they made the, uh, the really good, in my opinion, uh, raster graphics, uh, arcade games. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you haven't played those, they're pretty pimp, they're pretty awesome. Um, and so when he got going, um, <laughs> the first game they made was ball blazer in 1984. Yeah. That's unfortunately named. You couldn't get away with that now. <laughs> no. Naming a game ball blazer or <laughs> having any kind of marquee anyway. <laughs> Like, you couldn't do that now. It's uh, one of the first games. It's for the 5200, so it was already doomed to fail. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it did get ported to uh, the NES, apparently, although I've never seen 
ball blazer on the NES. I see a very 80s, like, uh, shiny logo, like, like sharp metal edges. Like Have you ball. seen it? No, I'm, I'm, no, that's in my mind. Like, I can picture it. All right, well, let's see what you think about the real thing. <laughs> Am I close? Totally not. I bet. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Um, they but, blew that uh, one. <laughs> well, and, and what it is is even more uh, disconcerting. It's like a combination between soccer and uh, and basketball. Yeah, for people who are not on the live chat, it looks like Here we go. Uh, a, a hover, like a hover, some sort of hovercraft on a chessboard. And there is indeed a ball blazing at him. There is no better definition than exactly what you said, because that is exactly what I'm looking at. Like, no bullshit. Um, uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Like a logo where it's sort of like like a metal, like yeah. and sharp. Like, you know, the, you can see the Z being real sharp, metal, you know, ball blazer. <laughs> not what there, I'm looking at here. This looks like a PowerPoint presentation. It's, not there, it's terrible. There was also an original uh, remake Ball Blazer Champions released for the PlayStation 1. It sounds like that should be a different section of the store. I should, but, be, uh, going the, I should be going through the little saloon doors in the back of my <laughs> shop. And asking going for, down to a basement. You got Ball Blazers Champion Champions in here? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, we do. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you ask for it like you ask for cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but no, no, what Lucas would later do, would quickly do, is um, find their uh, find their home as uh, adventure game uh, developers. Um, their biggest uh, um, competitor being Sierra, obviously known for a lot of their stuff, King's Quest, Police Quest. Um, oh, and uh, Leisure Suit Larry, right? We can't mm-hmm. forget that gem. Um, Good stuff, man. <laughs> And uh, their first game, I didn't even believe was real until I did some research, was Labyrinth, the computer game. You know, because you have to specify it. Um, not to be mistaken for Labyrinth, the movie, which it bases mm-hmm. itself off of. Right, but right. this is, um, yeah, it's a it's a menu driven um, third person uh, adventure game. It's um, you uh, replace Sarah as the lead. And um, you you kind of navigate the labyrinth labyrinth to get to uh, the Goblin King, so I love it. You know, I I often have daydreams of like, uh, you know, you think like if you ran a, a company, the mm-hmm. stuff you would do that you n- never would do, but you think you're like if I was in charge, I'd have only games that I like from obscure movies I like, and it right. would be out of it would be out of business in a week. But like. <laughs> I would love a uh, like a remake. I'd love a, a new a labyrinth game in 2013. Oh, I know. Well, and you know what? Actually, I'm guessing you've not played this game. No. Okay. Well, it's um, um, it is. It was only released on the Commodore 64. Um, and again, Dana may be aware of it, but uh, mm-hmm. oh, I guess it did come out on the Apple IIe. But uh, that was only in schools for me. Uh, I never actually owned one. A buddy of mine had one, but. His ass wasn't buying Labyrinth. He bought Police Quest and all that other Sierra shit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, what's interesting about it is it starts off as a text adventure, kind of like um, uh, what is the the Gru game? Um, Zork. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of scroll through the game, and once you get to a certain point, point where you enter the labyrinth, um, you get the big 
screen. It says, uh, it, you know, uh, the big uh, Jareth movie screen. You know, you get the big picture of the Goblin King probably looking just like David Bowie, although I didn't mm-hmm. find the screenshot. And then it does become a uh, kind of more of a, a menu-based uh, adventure game. Um, I thought that would have been awesome when this game came out in 86. Could you mm-hmm. imagine that? That would have been tits. <laughs> Um, apparently there was talk on uh, Wikipedia about it coming out on the Famicom as well. I actually have played the Famicom version of Labyrinth and it is anything but it's this really shitty, like top down view. Um, it's like, did you ever play Jurassic Park on the SNES? Uh, It was a bad version of that. No, No, (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) Um, but uh but yeah so so that was that was definitely um their first one um let's see here sorry i'm uh here we go um oh no actually it wasn't their first one i guess that was their first adventure game i'm sorry um their first uh actual game which um actually derek was talking about in the chat um mm-hmm. is rescue on fractalus have you ever played rescue on fractalus no. it's no. another microcomputer game and derek's going to yeah. be pissed because um, I will be honest with you, Derek, I don't know too much about it either. <laughs> well, you know, believe it or not, with LucasArts games, like like I said, I know stuff in name because they were blowing up for a time when they first came out, but that was that was like a, like the, the PC days, you know what I mean, which mm-hmm. I didn't have, but I was well aware of. Well, and actually it's that, the microcomputer days, which is even crazier yeah. um, because like, that was when, yeah, it, like in Europe it was huge. So it didn't it didn't start affecting me until the PS1 days, believe it or not. Right. And, and we will get into those. I just mm-hmm. I know the adventure fans and and people know kind of Well, my, that's it. I I I remember history. um Maniac Mansion and all that stuff. Like I remember yeah. posters for them. I remember it being a big deal. I remember X-Wing being a really big deal. That was the first time mm-hmm. I seen like giant porn boxes like hanging in the window of like <laughs> yeah. fucking stores like X-Wing, you know, the big fake cardboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, boxes and stuff. So I, I mean, I remember them being a big deal, like Lucas Arts, and I remember being like, "I want to play these games," but th- there's no way, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's uh, um, surprisingly enough, um, Rescue on Fractalus was uh, it was kind of a combination. It was um, Activision published it, um, but Lucasfilm worked with um, Epics and Atari Corp to release it. Epics with an X. Yes, <laughs> EPYX. Yeah, I love it. Um, the uh, the famous uh, developers or manufacturers of the Lynx, the the best uh, portable console of all times, right, Derek? Um, California Games, Epics. <laughs> Epics was a good company. It's though. time to bring back uh, the X's again. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm it's ready for it. It's 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 time. It's coming it's back time. around. Early. Yes. Yes. Let's put your marketing budget behind uh, something with an X at the end. <laughs> But uh, as could be expected, uh, it kind of released like uh, Trees is talking about on a lot of the uh, microcomputers. Uh, Atari 8-Bit family got it, the 5200, the Amstrad CPC, the Tandy Color 3. Shit, I didn't even know there was a Tandy Color 3. Uh, The C64, ZX Spectrum, Apple II. Um, The reason it was called Fractalus is because it used fractal technology to create craggy mountains on an alien planet. Uh, Visibility was drastically reduced by dense atmosphere. I put a screenshot in the chat if you want to check that out, Trees. Um, I can't imagine why video gamers were referred to as nerds back in the day. (laughs) It is a cockpit view 
kind of 3D world that looks like it would be impossible to control. <laughs> and there's a gargantuan reticle on screen. Uh, uh, it looks like there, Space Shadow for the Atari. There is an unreleased prototype of the 7800 version that came out in 2004 trees. So if you want to look up that emulation data, man, get on it. See, there's no young people listening to this show. I know it. But if you are, look at this shit. Look what we have to deal with. That's terrible. <laughs> well, Derek wants to call in and talk about Rescue on Fractalist, so I figure we should because he seems very eager okay. about it. So, so maybe there's more significance to yeah, it. Yeah, maybe I should stop shitting on it then. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, by all means. I yeah, mean, bring him in. He's not here, so let's just attack it until we get a chance. Until he gets in. And then, we, and then I'll be like, Rescue on Fractalist was my favorite. Um, But just so people can foreshadow what we're going to get into um, <laughs> in a sec is the adventure games, which will definitely... Start Did headlining by oh yeah I got to add him probably. Did you know it used fractal technology? <laughs> yes, I did. To make landscapes. Yes, I actually said that recently. Which uh, is so advanced that it almost looks like a, a four a four year old room. <laughs> Derek, come defend your game. There you go. Oh, <laughs> What's he, going is on, he, Derek? Is he on? Oh, never mind. I, this game's awesome. <laughs> Rescue on Fractalis. Uh, you guys don't know about Rescue on Fractalis? No. No, we oh, don't. Oh, it's Fractalis. Okay. okay See, I'm even ruining put, the, the name. We're butchering but, the name. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm. I, that's how I've always pronounced it. But you look, you should know. Gaming History 101. You should. This, this game was history. It was history making. Because before Rescue on Fractalis. Every game of this type, where like a uh, Sky Fox or whatever, where mm-hmm. you where you're flying a, a spaceship around, the background was just the background. Like you, like if you saw a mountain in the background, you would never see get to that mountain, like ever. Period. Like right. That, so it was like stagnant. Yeah, it, you can may, maybe uh, something would show up on this. Oh look, I'm flying over a mountain. A uh, 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 what do you call it? A pyramid that's supposed to be a mountain. But it's not like you saw that mountain and decided I wanted to fly there. Rescue on Fractalis was the first game where everything you saw on the screen, you could go there. Like it was, it, and, and like, so if you saw uh, a valley, you could say, Oh, I wonder what's in that valley. I'm going to go check it out. And you can actually go to that valley, which before then, like you, you just simply couldn't do in the computer. And also uh, every time you played the game, it created the, the the planet on the fly. It was made out of fractals. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So every time you did it, it was an entirely new planet that you could actually explore, which was insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and again, I, I've heard the game mentioned. And again, this is why we have you on, Derek, because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't always know about the games. I'd like to. And I'd like to do research. I don't think there there's enough... Um, uh, documentation of rescue on Fractalis. Um, again, Wikipedia is definitely one of the last references I use, but uh, but I was having a hard time finding anyone who showed some love to this game. So I was very pleased that you did actually. They had a great part. Okay, I will quickly explain uh, the game. Uh, you were you had an airplane and you were going to rescue people who crash landed on uh, Fractalis. The evil Jaggies had shot them down. <laughs> nice. Well, and you were flying the Valkyrie, which is completely appropriate for what you're doing. <laughs> you're going to take down uh, down soldiers, down warriors, and you yeah. would get the little blip on your on your uh, radar, 
you'll follow it, go down, land, and when you landed, you would like you had your shields on, so you would turn your shield off, and you would see the little you you would see the spaceship in front of you that you're um that you were what do you call that rescuing the guy from. Mm-hmm. So the guy in a spaceship would run towards you. He would use a click, 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 click. Nice. <laughs> he runs, and then you, you hear the, um, like you hear the, the door open, open and close, close. And then you take off to go to the next one. Man, you were in the shit. I, I mean, that's, that's, I, no, like all joking aside, like that's, that's seriously like the, the, in the cut, especially for 1984. Mm-hmm. Like that is, yeah. Yeah. That's we, a big me and my cousin would sit up like late. This one of those games where you sit up late at night, and he's like, "Oh, you you take you take care of the radar screen, and I'll take care of the. I'll make sure no jaggies are around, stuff like that." <laughs> and nice. co-op, co-op. And one of the great things was the, the incredible thing uh, was like when the guy was running towards you. Like mm-hmm. if you've been doing it for a while, you start your little your little ten year old eyes start getting blurry. <laughs> and so the guy running towards you. You wouldn't notice that. Oh, that's that guy has a green face. Like everyone's oh, a green nice. face. And then if you and you turn, you take your shields down, and the guy running towards you. And then instead of hearing the the um the the port open, instead the jaggy would jump up in the middle of your screen and then and break through the uh break through the front of the screen, killing you. And oh, that's scared awesome. the crap out of me. <laughs> I can see that. And what you had, had to do is, like, if you saw the green thing, you would turn the shield back on, therefore incinerating the evil person who did not look like you. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's that's actually a dimension of complication I wouldn't have expected from that game. Yeah, those games, games are great. Now, when was the last time you've actually seen this game in action? Running. Oh, it was, it was, I, I, the last time I ever played it was on my Commodore 64. Yeah. Uh, years and years and years ago, I never saw any other. You played it last night. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> the, the 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 scenarios he's painting in my mind sound great, <laughs> but I'm looking at this screenshot and I'm wondering what it actually looked like. They actually happening. rebooted this as a mini game. Trees. It's a it's a side quest in Mass Effect. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but. Uh... But yeah, I, I again, I can I can imagine, and it's it's a significant game. Like it's definitely on their highlights. It's just no one seems to know why. Um, but very obviously, you do. Mm-hmm. They put out two games at a time because they had just discovered, like fractals had just been discovered or something. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Now, that game and a game called the the Edelon Edelon. Yeah. The Edelon. Yeah. Didn't really get into mostly because I didn't know how to pronounce it, and so. <laughs> So that's it's it. apparently a spiritual successor, but it's not the same concept. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ball Blazer, you guys, uh, you guys talked about Ball Blazer, made fun of his name. Ha ha ha. <laughs> what do you want from us? But it was uh, uh, <laughs> like one of the first like uh, multiplayer competitive games, and it was very yeah. very fast for like for back then for like two megahertz computers and whatever. It was very fast and very smooth. Didn't it give rise to Bill Ambeer's Combat Basketball, which is like the best sports game of all time? Yeah, they have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> combat <laughs> Basketball. <laughs> On the big Genesis. That was- <laughs> my uh, my uh, brother-in-law gave my uh, father-in-law that for Christmas to F with him uh, this year, actually. <laughs> he found a boxed copy at a used retro game store for like two ninety nine or something. 
Brutal sports football and and mutant mutant. Sports. Yeah, those are amazing. The mutant league <laughs> games. I can't talk any shit on those. But okay, I put the link in the chat so you guys can nice. can go look at video of it, and I will uh, I will leave you to what's uh, your Lucasfilm. All right. Well, well, thank you for for helping us out, especially because um, the early times are what I want to know the most about. So, um, talk about Loom, right? We are getting into those right now. We're okay. getting into the scum games right now. Okay. So, thank you very much. Bye. Yeah. Thanks, Derek. See you later, man. I'm watching this video that um, you put up right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's gameplay. Look at that. Yeah, you like that? This should be. Um, it doesn't look that bad actually in motion. No. No, good. the game's the game's a lot better than you would think, especially when you're trying to adapt for like a C64 game from '84. Um, yeah, you should have quite a dis- impressive in motion. You, you should have a disclaimer on the front of this show that uh, <laughs> <laughs> what you have might not be accurate descriptions of the game. Oh no, no, this is ama- no, this is really what they were for us. Though. Oh, here's a, here's a dude running forward. Let him yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about thirty seconds ahead of you, <laughs> so. Um, all right, well, let's talk about uh, a couple games that are a little bit more widely known. So what um, what Derek was kind of hinting at and what I said were um, In Comes the Scum Games, starting with Maniac Manson, Mansion. Now, before you think I'm talking shit on this game, it actually, Scum stands for S-C-U-M-M, stands for Script Creation Utility for Maniac Mansion. The reason that's in there is previous to this, um, it was a very kind of almost binary format of uh, text adventures um, like Zork and things like that um, where you would type in a specific command. And if it didn't know that command, it would just say, I don't understand this command. Mm. Whereas Maniac Mansion started um, showing you things on the screen such as, you know, push, pull, walk, take, things like that. And so you could kind of click the command and then click the screen and actually make things happen. And again, this is the beginning of what is probably best known as the point and click adventure. Mm-hmm. For various reasons, uh, like we've talked about here, um, <clears throat> at which point uh, you know you have Maniac Mansion. Now, Maniac Mansion, have you ever played this, Trees? No, I. You know, I. I went. Wasn't there an NES version released like mm-hmm. years later? I think I might have. The fooled NES around version with, has a bomb ass soundtrack. <laughs> I, I think I fooled around with that one, but you know, I remember when this game was out because my buddy, his oldest sister at the time, so I must have been like eleven ish when uh-huh. this came out. It was eighty seven, so. They had it on their computer, and I always remember there a lot of people were always like watching it. Mm-hmm. And in my, you know, when you're that age, it was sort of like a thing where it's like, yeah, the, the big kids are playing that or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, but I remember yeah. the name Maniac Mansion, and I remember always being like, oh, that's a that's a big person's game. And then when it came on the NES and stuff, I tried it and stuff, but I was I wasn't that good at those uh those games back then. My brain can handle it. Well, it, I mean, yeah, well, and the, and the game, it, it's really hard to play now if you've never played it. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is that, um, like with a lot of these games, there's a lot of, uh, shall I say, counterintuitive problems with it. And additionally, because, um, I mean, these games are intended for you to try everything on everything. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of patience for today's gamer. On top of that... There are like screwed scenarios, scenarios where you get stuck and you can't go any further and you have to start the whole game over. And that was part of the process. That's why Maniac Mansion would last you a year. But with today's gamers burning through a Call of Duty in five hours, you know, they're not going to deal with that shit. Uh, but, uh, 
But it was funny because there would be crazy little things that would happen. Like you would use gerbil on microwave and it would microwave the gerbil and stuff like that. So um, it was pretty funny. Uh, the game featured uh, a haunted house, basically. And uh, the lead character, uh, who's like a football jock, his girlfriend goes missing. You're going to save her. In there, there's weird things like there is a mutant tentacle. Um mm-hmm. It's kind of a space alien story. There is Nurse Edna, who is like a very horny like female who's kind of going after the guys. Um, every character has special abilities. There's seven characters in total. Um, I think two of them have the exact same abilities, though. And you pick any three to run through the scenario with. There's multiple endings, multiple scenarios, multiple death scenarios, mm-hmm. things like that. So um, I think the bigger part of it is obviously the Scum Engine is created from this um, by none other than Eric uh, Wilmunder and, more notably, Ron Gilbert um, in 87. So um, it's interesting to note, though. Eric Wilmunder is more responsible for the heavy lifting of scum and, and continued, uh, I guess I would say, support of it uh, moving throughout history, despite uh, Ron Gilbert obviously um, getting much more of the praise. Probably not because of that, but more because of just what he did after the fact. Mm. So um, this will the scum engine will kind of unleash a large series of adventure games, which I think will just kind of burn through real quick and then we'll jump back to the star wars style games Mm -hmm. um but uh so we do see zach mccracken and the alien mind benders did you ever play zach mccracken nope again a lot of these early (laughs) adventure games i know the names are like the names were like the title's horrible but they were big deals i mean they were i I do remember that like these releases that you know once they Mm -hmm. started popping out with like you know people they were on people's radar you know yeah, well, it's very interesting, like, when you hear, like, the plots, and so that's why I'll get into them without actually talking about the games. This is, again, another Ron Gilbert game. Yep. Um, Zach McCracken uh, uh, is a writer for the National, National Inquisitor, a tabloid, um, and a freelance scientist, uh, Annie, um, follows him as uh, as, as they uh, kind of follow this uh, Yale University, um, uh, you know, uh, plot to like find um, aliens living among us and things like that. So um, mm-hmm. there, and- there's one game that you mentioned coming up that was, I remember like being a big deal that it was coming out. Well, uh, well, okay. So Zach McCracken, that was that. It was another fun and, and, and goofy game. Um, I'm wondering if you're talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Nope. Okay. Well, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is just important because it kind of in a point-and-click adventure, retold the events of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. This is one of the first games I ever played. Uh, I should point out there's two versions. I played, um, I think, the graphic adventure. Um, but there was the action game, which was released by Tier Text. Right. That was, they, they made that one. Um, but I played the graphic adventure, and I just remember the very end of it, because I played it on um, a buddy of mine's uh, uh, Mac. I remember when it comes time to pick the grail... <laughs> If you pick the wrong grail, you see Indy turn into like the just, bones like he just would. Melts. Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turns and old instantly yeah. and dies. Yeah. It's great seeing that. We used to pick the wrong grail on purpose just to see it a couple hundred times. <laughs> because if you saved beforehand, remember this is save save early, save often. Right. You know, really came into play. Um so next up is and maybe this is the one you're thinking of, is Loom? Nope. Okay, well, I'll go loom real quick. This is, uh, Derek kind of talked about it. It's a pretty heavy scum game. Um, Basically, the big thing with loom was it was um, like uh, uh, music-based puzzles. 
which is very cool. And Loom has been re-released, although a lot of these have been on good old games. But Loom is one of the big ones. It's on Steam also. People are like, you need to play Loom. So Loom's a big deal. I think it's less of a dick game as well in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. So my only guess then, Trees, is... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me talk about the one that you're not talking about. I know you're not talking about Night Shift, right? No. <laughs> Um, this is one of the first action games made by Industrial Light and Magic. Um, but you're basically, uh, uh, creating, um, Star Wars figures on like an assembly line. It's kind of like a puzzle action game. It's a, it's a pretty interesting, cute game. Um, but what I thought you were talking about, and I'm hoping I'm right on this one, is Monkey Island. The secret of Monkey Island. What? Nope. Jesus, just tell me what it is then. I remember Grim Fandango. Okay, you're you're jumping way ahead, jumping but way we'll, ahead. we'll get yeah. to it quick. Yeah. We'll get to it quick. It's cool. Um, so real quick, um, Secret of Monkey Island. The reason this is significant is um, Tim Schafer, now uh, <laughs> running Double Fine, he got started doing the NES port of Maniac Mansion, actually, Trees. And Maniac Mansion on the NES is almost identical to the Commodore 64 version. There were a couple of things cut. Nerzedna wasn't made as horny. They've changed a, a couple of the death scenarios and a couple of the phrases that were made. Um, and they ended a soundtrack. Um, but Tim Schafer was kind of part of the team that coded that. <clears throat> Although I guess Ron Gilbert's not very pleased with that version. Uh, the two of them would team up and actually make a game together in The Secret of Monkey Island. Now, have you ever played The Secret of Monkey Island or the re-releases that came out? Yeah, I played the re-releases when they, they redid them. Okay, what'd you think? I liked them. Yeah, they're actually pretty fun. Um, unlike Maniac Mansion and <clears throat> maybe Loom, definitely Indiana Jones. There are not many ways to die. In <laughs> fact, if you die, you've got to really try. I think one of them you have to stay underwater for 10 minutes or something. Um, but uh, <clears throat> it's a fun, very cute, very funny game um, where you kind of, you know, play uh, Guybrush Threepwood mm-hmm. as he uh, as he journeys across um, Monkey Island. Um, right? Did I get his name right? Yeah, that sounds right. I think I did. Guybrush. Yeah. Yeah, three wood. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Still got it. Um, as he uh, as he jumps across Monkey Island, mm-hmm. and eventually, um, you know, kind of learns to be a pirate, and then uh, ends up on uh, on on the on Monkey Island. If you um, if, if you say chicken pulley to any gamer, it's in the yeah. lexicon. <laughs> People know what chicken pulley means. <laughs> it's great. You know? um, I actually thought the funniest part of this game was the initial bar. Do you remember the bar scenario when you're walking in the bar trying to? become a pirate and you just walk to everyone you're like i want to be a pirate and they're like good on you you know they tell you all these smart ass remarks um and then uh monkey island 2 would come out lechuck's revenge it would be made a year after very Mm -hmm. similar to the first game again there's an hd remake the cool thing about these hd remakes is you can press select on your appropriate console or a special key on steam and it it switches to the original graphics yeah what is the one i played did they start making new ones yeah episodes they made episodic content on the Wii and um, I think Steam. No, so maybe. Uh, I think no, they released them on PS3 and ex- uh, ex- after the fact. I can't. What was the one? Uh, spoiler on an old ass game. What was the one where they throw him in the water with a, um, like a weight around his ankle? That is actually the remake of the original Secret of Monkey that, Island. That might have been the funniest thing I've seen <laughs> in that whole game, where they put the the fucking yeah. the ball the the cannonball around his ankle yep. and they throw him in the water and you sit there for a while underwater and, and you're you, just under the docks too yeah. that's the best it, part you're like just uh, under the water and then you realize solution to the problem spoiler 
is that uh, they threw it in there. So this you just pick it up. Yeah, yeah. You walk exactly. out of the water with it. I thought that was hilarious, man. That was probably the funniest well, joke in the whole, whole game. They're all fun and cute like that. Actually, I do like in the sword fighting where you have to uh, outsmart them while you're fighting at the same time. Mm-hmm. You, have you, you have to answer, like, riddles in order yes. to show how good you are at sword fighting. You have to be, like, good at being a dick to them, too. I mm. thought that was good. Um <clears throat> I think the uh, so these are all fun and, and good and these are all great games. Monkey Island one and two are the ones on three sixty trees. For one reason or another, um, Telltale's always had issues until recently porting things to the three sixty. So the uh, the episodic content never came out. Okay, maybe it was licensing issues. Actually, I don't know. Anyway, um, kind of the big thing though that would come out shortly after that is Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. This is an original title that told a new story of Indiana Jones we had never heard of before by LucasArts in the form of a point-and-click adventure. That's why it's significant. Uh, that's why it's a big deal. Um, it's a very good game. I've never played it. Again, it's very easy to find. It's very cool. Um, moving forward, Day of the Tentacle would come out. That mm-hmm. is also known as Maniac Mansion 2, Day of the Tentacle. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel. It's much funnier. It uh, it gives a lot of throwbacks to the original game. Like yep. if you try to put the the uh, gerbil in the microwave or something. It says like gerbils don't belong in microwaves or something like it. It knows. Right. Um, Next significance would be star. uh, Sam and Max hit the road. Uh, This is the first Sam and Max game. And many people would argue the best Sam and Max game. Yeah. Um, I've not played the original. Have you? Nope. I just know they go to a bunch of um, really cheesy, like, um, uh, like uh, roadside attractions, like the largest ball of twine and stuff (laughs) like that is where they, do all of their uh, their adventuring, and finally, trees. We come to um, the point and click adventure you're talking about. Uh, Tim Schafer's kind of like best point and click adventure game is Grim Fandango. And you know, it, it's not even like a thing where it's like I have a memory of playing it and being like, "Oh, this is a time when I." No, but I I remember that era when this came out because it was. I, I remember it was around a time when I really started reading like game magazines, you know, mm-hmm. and. I just re- I can remember a time like specifically being in a mall and I used to hang out at this arcade and I remember the Grim Fandango uh, ads and stuff hanging in the uh, the babbages. This was before e- Electronic Boutique, I think. That mm-hmm. EBs and there was uh, babbages and they had yes. all the Grim Fandango stuff hanging up and it was I remember this too. and it was talked about like in the magazines like and it was something I couldn't play. Because I didn't have a PC, but I remember. Yeah, and you had to have a pretty souped-up PC at the time. This came out in '98. Exactly. Another thing I, you know, I read about it, and it had the whole Day of the Dead motif, and it was it was supposed to be like it was supposed to be a really big deal, and it was it was around this time where they uh, they were really like I don't know. I I just remember them being really relevant. It was like that, and was Full Throttle something they made? Was that out around the same time? Um, I don't remember. I don't see anything here. Oh, wait, wait. Yes, yes. Full Throttle had come out. Okay, because I just remember they were That on, was another one of Tim Schafer's games. They, yeah. yeah, see, they were on, like, this role, especially within the media, like the game press. So Yeah, so Full on- Throttle hit a lot of critical praise in mm-hmm. late 95, and uh, Schaefer worked really heavily on Grim Fandango, finishing it in, I think, late 97, and then it was finally released in 98. So I'm in my early 20s at this point. So it's like the early stuff, I was too young because I didn't have a PC, so it wasn't relevant to me. But this was at, mm-hmm. at an age where I was old. I was into gaming. 
but I still didn't, I didn't have a PC, but I was a w- fully aware of all this stuff. So you're reading all these articles and you're, you're fully aware of these games, but I just couldn't play them. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted to, especially that Grim Fandango, like that was like, and that was also playing into the whole Tim Burton sort of yeah. vibe. Oh yeah, it was. Time, and, and it was like a big deal. And, uh, yeah, it did noir. It did Tim Burton. It did a lot, a lot of different things. Like to be honest with you, it was a, it was a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it was huge when it came out. Like like people started doing, you know, kind of what we see sometimes with today's games, where they were starting to say this proves that uh, you know games can be art. Well, see that that that's the thing is like um, you know we're talking retro stuff, and it's like yeah I I. You know, I didn't get to play a lot of this stuff, but, like, the fact that a game that I didn't have even access to mm-hmm. left an impression on me as a gamer. Like, just, I remember that vibe. Like, I remember that era oh, yeah. of when when that little pocket of, like, LucasArts games were out. And it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, like, the new shit. And it was, like, a bummer to be old enough where I could play them, but I just couldn't. I just didn't have a PC, and uh, but yeah, it's, and, uh, that, it's oh, yeah. so strange for a game that I never played that it I have a vibe. Like you know, sometimes you think back, everybody does it. You hear a certain song or something or a smell, and you it puts you in this place. And for whatever reason, Grim Fandango, man, it puts me in this weird mall space, man, where I used to hang out at this <laughs> arcade at the mall, and I just remember the Babbages and the EBs and the. And and I just remember that Day of the Dead stuff. They had these promo boxes and, like, the mm-hmm. skeleton guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he had a sidekick. But they had the little paper puppets and stuff hanging in the in the store. Like the paper mache stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was great. Like my grandmother's house around Halloween, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, like, I got to – she celebrates Dia de los Muertos like it's the end yeah. of the universe. Um, but uh, well, it did, and it and it, it told a touching tale. Um, I've not played the game myself. I don't think there's a really solid way to play it uh, legitimately or compatible with today's hardware. Although I'm sure some guys going nuts because Scum VM can mm-hmm. easily be. It's on every iOS and Android device, and and you could play Grim Fandango on it no problem. Yep. But and that's the, um, that's the thing is like. As retro games, you know, uh, people that like to think back, like, and, you know, we always make jokes like, oh, where is this? Why don't they make a new one? Blah, blah, blah. I can't imagine, like, how you would even find out who owns the original shit to games like well, that. Well, Ron Gilbert talks about it a lot Does with he? even Maniac Mansion. Yeah, he he would love to see a re-release of Maniac Mansion. I mean, there have been so many fan, re- fan remakes of Maniac Mansion. There's even, like, a... HD res mm-hmm. PC version that came up from some German guys in like 2004. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, it's all considered kind of abandoned wear for the it, most part. Right. I mean, because of all that crap, you think of the, the Grim Fandango full throttle games. It's like Tim Schafer's names on them and he's doing mm-hmm. his thing. And then you got Lucas, but it's now Disney. And then who knows whoever yeah. Disney's basically got a stranglehold on that stuff. And and the whole idea is, and this is the unfortunate side of game design, is that to remake it would not be fin- financially viable right. um, by most projectors. And so they just sit on it. But they're not going to get let go of the license because they don't want somebody else to potentially make money on it. It's like uh, having your cake and eating it, too. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, it was my idea, so you can't have it. But I'm not going to release it either. So Yeah. 
Um, I should point out that some people will probably bring it up because we are, after all, retro game players. But the Dig, Afterlife, Full mm-hmm. Throttle, a couple of games we did not mention. These are all point-and-click adventure nope. scum games. Nope. The Dig, um, a dig was not a one that you would see. The Dig was huge. You would see the logo for and it would be like, like I said, they were on a roll with these adventure games. They, and, they were killing it. You know? And I think on Steam, it's like four or five games in one. And I know for a fact that the Dig, Loom, and Theory of or Indiana Jones and right. Atlantis, I think, are three of the games on there. And people are like, oh, my God, at five bucks on Steam, that is right there worth mm-hmm. it right there. You know? Um, and I, so if you're, yeah, if you're into those and you've got some patience, I highly recommend checking it, it out. It's just funny because I think about that time all the time. And I'm like, man, in, in today's world, with like the the – Internet and podcasts and, and the gaming websites and, and how stuff spreads around so easily mm-hmm. now. But back then, like, I didn't do any of that. But yet, these games, no. like, I knew about them. I knew when they were coming out. And that's oh, strict huge word of mouth. Yeah, that's strictly word of mouth gaming magazines and, and just hanging out in arcades and, and in malls, as sad as it is. But hanging around, like, those, you know, as much as you can't stand hanging around a GameStop mm-hmm. right now and listening to the nonsense that the clerks yap about. But back then, yeah. you, oh, yeah. but back then you did that. They were like a mouthpiece for the most part. No. And they were something you want. Like you said, they're, they're somebody you wanted to listen to. Yes. You trusted them. Now it's like, yeah, I know buddy. I re- yeah. We make fun of him now, but yeah. yeah, the comic book guy from Simpsons. Yeah. He was totally like yeah. worth listening to when you were yeah. younger. Now the GameStop employees is like, yeah, dude, I read the same game informer in the back room that you just did. You tell him to. Yeah, the guy's like, "Here, you need to buy the Wii U," and you're like, "Fucking a." Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I want to point out that uh, actually, Grim Fandango was the start of the 3D engine, uh, the Grim E engine, and thus was not part of Scum. The reason that's important is because um, Scum has been kept alive very heavily in the uh, hacker scene. Scum VM is the uh, name of the emulator. Um, it runs on. Everything. Linux, Windows, Macintosh, DOS, anything you want it to. (laughs) It does run on all Android and iOS devices as well. And I'm sure it runs on your fucking DS. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do know there is a port on the Dreamcast. (laughs) And and then all you do is pull the uh, files because they all use the same scum files. They're small little files that are the... You know, legal side of it, but if you have access to them either via disk or other means, um, you import them into this and you're good to go. And so I can play Maniac Mansion on my cell phone right now if I wanted to. It's no problem. Nice. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so those were the scum games. Now, the only thing I remember was, did you ever play Escape from Monkey Island? No. Okay. Or is that, um, is that the newer episodic ones or? No. Oh, maybe that's not the one. Never mind. Uh, no, Escape from Monkey Island was released, I guess, in 2000. Okay. But, uh, no, I did I was thinking of the one that was, maybe that was just Tales of Monkey Island. Or no, Tales of Monkey Island. These are episodic ones. Yes. Okay. Um, there was one on the Sega CD, and it was hard as fuck. It was a Monkey Island game. I can't remember which one it was, though. Maybe what? it was one of the two. What was that game for the Sega CD? Not the, Escape, not the derail everything. No, no problem. But what was that point and click for the Sega CD that was very cartoony? It had the voice of um, um talking about Panic. No, was it Panic? Monty Python guy did the voice. John Cleese or something. Yeah, John Cleese did the voice. Yeah, where you were the little kid with the dog and you pushed all the buttons. Oh man, was it a dragon and stuff in it? 
I don't know. Forget it. Never mind. Oh, shit, I, don't I don't know, know why that popped in my head. <laughs> but yeah, some of the point-and-click adventures made their way over to like the 3DO, Sega CD, CDI. Nothing to do with Lucas. You know. That's, that was just a random... No, no. <laughs> Discworld. Was it Discworld? Oh, Discworld? Um, Discworld? Yeah, Discworld was... I don't know if it was on the Sega CD. I think it was on the Saturn, actually. But Discworld did have some ports. Oh, yeah. But I don't think it was on Sega CD. I think Discworld was only on the 3DO. Mm. And I'm betting dollars to donuts he didn't have a 3DO. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. That was, a, it was like some weird information. GTFO, shot into man. My, shot into my brain and lit up on my receptors. I had to spit it out before I forgot it forever. All right. So uh, let's jump back over and talk about now the side-scrolling platformer sprite-based action-adventure games oh. that uh, LucasArts is responsible for. Um, despite what... Uh, they would have you think, on Wikipedia, the Famicom game that was only released in Japan that made Darth Vader uh, of, of uh, uh, Star Wars: New Hope that made Darth Vader into a scorpion. That's not a Lucas Arts game. Okay, very good. <laughs> but you should check it out if you're feeling frisky. Um, Strike Fleet, I think, follows uh, very much under Fractalis as, as something I just I'm not too Fractalis is something I'm not too familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the the first of the LucasArts games I, I'm definitely uh, much more aware of is um, blah, 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 sorry I've got it here somewhere. Well, they made some of the NES games. Did you ever play Empire Strikes Back, the JVC version on uh, NES? I did. They were good. It's tough as fuck. They were good. Games. <laughs> it was good, yeah. but it was tough. It's very tough. That's what I did, remember about it. Did they have their hands in the uh, Empire Strikes Back uh, Atari? They licensed it, but no, they did not do the development. That was Atari. Yeah, okay, because that was a great game. Atari themselves. Yeah, it was, and it was just you know kind of an adaptation or a map pack, so to speak, if you would call it that, of uh, the New Hope cab mm-hmm. that came out in 83, uh, which was also an amazing game. Both games are unlockable in uh, Star Wars Rebel Assault 3 on the is game. It, is it really? Just so you know. Play like, yeah. uh, it always reminded me of Defender. Oh, it's the only reason to play those games just, is just uh, flew, to like, get flew around. And again, they're raster graphics, so they look better on a raster, or I'm sorry, vector graphics. So they look better on a vector monitor, but you're never going to find one nowadays. Um, but yeah, and that's also, um, you know how like I've talked about JAMA on the mm-hmm. arcade ones where you could swap out the boards. Mm-hmm. Before this was capable, the, um, Empire Strikes Back and, and and Star Wars were swappable because obviously they used well, the exact same engine and everything. Empire Strikes Back on NES mm-hmm. wasn't vector graphics. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Empire Strikes Back on uh, No, I'm saying the one arcade. on the original NES. The NES game. I mean, um, Atari, I mean, Atari. On the Oh, that one? It looked like Defender. You just flew. Yeah. You could fly left no. and right endlessly and yeah. you shot AT-ATs down. You shot and there were at ats yeah. Little, no, like, that was not. Yeah, the little that was, soft spot under their chin. You shot them down. That, that predates. Uh, what? Okay, Derek <laughs> says we're skipping LucasArts Sims. Um, <laughs> Military Sims? Uh, here I'll add him in. Okay, um, but uh, <laughs> but killing him, we're killing him. <laughs> but but no, no, no. That one predates um Lucas Arts. Yes. Uh, uh, I think the company actually. Yeah, I think it does. I just had to remember. So. I just remember that. Derek, you in? Hello, guys. Hey. <laughs> so I want to make sure we are we are. I, I want to make sure you, we aren't skipping The Sims. Um, what what games specifically are you referring to? Well, you said Strike Fleet. He's like Strike Fleet. Uh, okay. Stri- so yeah, we are skipping those. So. I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. 
Wait, what? Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay, well, talk to talk to us about them. So you're on now. So talk to us about Strike Fleet and the whatnot. Is this also like PHM Pegasus and things like that? Yeah. Well, Strike Fleet and PHM Pegasus were the 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 boat ones. Like, because at, at the mm-hmm. time there were a bunch of uh, like I guess naval base sims out, like uh, like like Silent Hunter and stuff like that. And I guess Lucas wanted to get in on that, so they put out PHM Pegasus, where you were like a PT boat type thing, uh, running around shooting missiles. And in Strike Fleet, which we had like ten PHM Pegasus you can control, it was it was nice. And it's all on a like nowadays when you say that it's like ah big deal, but on the Commodore sixty four, mm-hmm. you had sixty four K to pull that together. Yeah, that was that was some some big deal stuff, and then. Uh, after they, I think they didn't do a whole lot uh, there because I think they kind of died out because boats are slow and boring. Mm-hmm. But they started doing um, airplane stuff. Like the Battlehawk series. I think that Lucas. I think it's because I know that Lucas George Lucas loves WW2 because I think all of their stuff was WW2 based. Like they had secret secret weapons yep. of the Luftwaffe. Uh, yep. Battle over Britain. Battle of Britain. Battle over. Uh yeah well. Um, let's see. Secrets of the Luftwaffe. I've got Battle of the Coral Sea, Battle of Midway. What battle of? Oh, these are the actual battles that are in the game. Like, my mistake. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Uh, Coral Sea game. The Coral, the Great Battle of the Coral Sea. And you know what also helps though is his little buddy uh, Steven Spielberg, absolutely in love with it. A lot of people don't know this, but you know some of the heart, the the early on, um, you know, Medal of Honors that that would later give way to the team that makes Call of Duty. Um, was was all Steven Spielberg's, you know, doing? Well, from a from a money standpoint, but anyway, it was a uh, Battle of Britain, uh, Battle Hawks, nineteen forty two, all World War two airplane sims, and all really really good. Like actually, they're actually like for like not even for the time. Like they're just very good games. Uh, that so had they had they play were they like cockpit view? Yeah, they were all they were okay. all like sim cockpit view type games, um, where they try. It wasn't like they tried to go super realistic, but it was a they Lucas managed to do a nice a nice balance between oh I'm flying a real airplane, but you know still you know flying mm-hmm. a real airplane. Were these uh, were these hits like were these a big deal? Yeah, were this uh, were these underground things were just like flight enthusiasts were into uh, World War Two. Weapons of the Luftwaffe was really really big. Um, Battlehawks was was pretty big too, and to the point like uh, I'm I'm looking at, I'm looking it up and they were they were making these games up until 2003. They they, they came out on the PS2 on the Xbox even so. Wow. They were... Yeah, the graphics look pretty good too. Yeah. Really good, actually. Um, now, granted, these are early '90s games or late '80s, but um, 225-page manual. <laughs> well, that's good. That's 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 that was that was the DRM though. <laughs> the big uh... go to page two and read the third the third letter on the yeah. paragraph. The code mm. wheels, yeah. Nice. <laughs> but I, they, when they put those, uh, it's kind of kind of sad when they stopped putting out any of those types of sims because they did a really good job on it but i guess the entire military sim market just kind of went away but lucas arts you don't you don't think of them as a military sim maker but a good portion of their catalog was military sims other than the movie stuff now do you think when they rolled that their knowledge of that into the x-wing series and that was a huge hit 
Is that yeah. why well, I, it I think, died? Yeah, if, like they were like, screw that World War Two stuff. Like this X-wing <laughs> stuff is where it's at. You know. I think the X- well, this is really when Star Wars picks up too. Yeah, the X-wing series is really uh, like it was based heavily off of their WW two Sims, but they went a whole. They just yeah, that kind of blew, when that blew up, I think they were like, oh, we forgot we can make millions of dollars doing this. Yeah, stuff here. and we and we don't have to conform to like history. You know, history. You know what I mean? We can just make up <laughs> what we want. You know. Like once uh, uh, you guys are just about to talk about Super Star Wars and Super Empire Strikes Back and all that stuff. Well, now that we're talking about The Sims, I was actually almost thinking we would do like Rebel Assault and and Tie Fighter and X Wing and all those. Oh well, my point was that the once those games started coming out, like once the Star Wars type games coming out, mm-hmm. all the other non Star Wars games kind of dried up and you don't see them ever again because before then it was like you would see a lot of non Star like all, everything was non Star Wars and. Every once in a while, you will get like a, uh, a Indiana Jones, like the Indiana Jones uh, scum game or something like that. But it wasn't mm-hmm. based on a movie. It was an entirely new thing. Mm-hmm. But then they right. figured out, oh, we could just do this stuff that everybody already knows. Then it's kind of got – then you never saw any of the original stuff uh, again. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they, they stray from that for a long time until most – you know, quite recently, which we'll we'll get into at the very end. But uh... – uh, Derek, you're you're welcome to hang out if mm-hmm. you want to. Uh, I, I was going to leave, but I think I'm, I should hang out in case you guys. Actually, versus side. Yeah, it wasn't that big. Let's let's move on. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Just to keep with the theme, um, because it is kind of an offshoot that they don't really go back to ever again. I would say that. Um, so Rebel Assault comes out. Wasn't Rebel Assault the first one? Yeah, Rebel Assault was the first one um, in '93. I actually have this game on um, the 3DO, um, and I, I don't know if it's a good port of it or not. But um, Well, wouldn't the 3DO be the, like the 3 at a time? If it was on a 3DO, that would be the best version, right? That's like the Amiga version. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense, right? Because it, it handled 3D graphics the best it could. It was a 32-bit processor, um, and it had a, it had a lot of... Um, it did two times speed, so it could read real fast, and it had a lot of uh, graphics processors. So, yeah, I, I, maybe it is a good version of it. I don't know. Got a two-rom. Um, that, that, that's his claim to fame. Yeah, the two-times CD-ROM was huge. Like, I didn't realize that was so big until you go to, like, fan sites, and they put it in bold, you know? They're like, you don't understand. It could read twice speed. Um but uh, but yeah, Rebel Assault was kind of taking you know what Derek's talking about with uh, with these Sim style games and, and applying them to the Star Wars universe. Um, now, did anybody play Rebel Assault here? I believe no. I played Rebel Assault, but I wait no because I played one that was had a lot of FMV in it, so maybe not Rebel. Assault. That was Rebel yeah. Assault, yeah. <laughs> it was Rebel Assault had tons of FMV, and it started off with you were in a T sixteen Skyhopper. Um, blasting Womp Rats in Beggar's Canyon, and <laughs> it was very boring. <laughs> and it was uh, it was very hard to beat, too. I, I don't think I ever beat that that initial T-16 sequence. So um, you had a game where you never got past the first part? <laughs> I had a lot of games where that was the case. I had Yonoid. I hadn't gotten to the third level of Yonoid until recently. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but that was Rebel Assault. I, again, I, I've not gotten much further in it. Um, what I can tell you is kind of where the game goes. Um, but basically it eventually leads you to, um, 
to to taking on you know becoming like an X-wing fighter and, and taking on um, uh, Star Destroyers. Um, and uh, it says this was Sega CD, but I don't remember it. You know? It was on Sega CD. I just yeah, so, I can I, tell you it is, I, and it's cheap, man. If you want to pick it up, maybe I should. Sega CD was missing Chapter Seven. Are <laughs> you going to fight an Imperial probe droids? How dare they? <laughs> Which tells you something right there. But again, it takes you, um, it takes you into, uh, um, it takes you into various uh, different versions of, uh, of, uh, you know, kind of notable areas in the Star Wars pantheon. But the problem being is that you're not doing anything like cool. You're not doing like a Death Star trench run. You're just kind of dicking around, you know, taking out probe droids and stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking out turrets on top of a star destroyer and things like that. Um, and they would uh, come up, the, or actually the same year, um, it would be the code developed um, with, uh, oh, what was that company that made it? Um, totally Games, which had worked with them on um, all the uh, Secret Weapons titles, um, the X-Wing series. So the X-Wing series, definitely much more polished, definitely much better known, and um, much more impressive. This one did not get a 3DO port. <laughs> So, anybody play this game? Which game? So, no? Crickets? I'm sorry. I'm looking up uh, Rebel Assault on eBay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I say CD. I'm looking at Re- I'm looking at Rebel Assault video on YouTube. And- I can't. <laughs> Derailed. Eight bucks. I can six six ninety nine. I can get this for. Oh, and a steal at that. <laughs> this reminds me. This is like when back when they can get away with box, like selling when they would sell a game just on box art. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Rebel sold sold on box. Someone art, men- did down. someone mention box at? This is where I come in. This is where I shine. Describing <laughs> box at. <laughs> you want to describe the Rebel Assault box art? It's good. I'll give you like two minutes. <laughs> it looks good, but I don't understand all the weird monoliths that flying through, knock it over. Oh well, that's just Tatooine shit. Okay, Tatooine was a fucking <laughs> desert. Mm. <laughs> what they're talking about? I don't know. I'm gonna buy this game though. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're gonna miss level six. I'm just letting you know, or level seven. Sorry. Okay. No probe droids for you. Mm-hmm. But um. But yeah. So um, X-wing. The big thing was is it basically took being an X-wing pilot and made it into a, a flight simulator, like a true blue flight simulator. Well, also, and one of the things about Rebel Assault, why it was uh, why it was so big, because at the time, I I don't think first of all, DVDs weren't around. I don't believe yet. Mm-mm. So and I don't think the Star Wars was released on VHS yet either. Mm. So this was like if you wanted to see Star Wars or any Star Wars video, you you like this is where you would get it from. That's a good point. Um, the original VHSs were, but they weren't as widespread as say um, once they re-released the THX version. Yeah. Um, of the original trilogy. Um, so that's a very good point. I didn't even think about that. Because I, I remember around this time, uh, do you remember Compton's Interactive Encyclopedia hitting all the CD-ROM PC stuff? Yes. Um, it was at this time, they have a little postage stamp of the uh, scene where, um, like right at the end of the fight with Obi-Wan and Vader, where Obi-Wan sacrifices himself and they jump on the Millennium Falcon. Um, they have like a two-minute video of that scene uh, when you look up Star Wars in, in Compton's Interactive Encyclopedia. And I remember watching that all the time, thinking it was the coolest thing in the world. Um, and it looked horrible. Like nowadays, you wouldn't even notice it as Star Wars if you didn't have sound. But, um, but, uh, but yeah. So back to X-wing. <laughs> uh, so again, it, it's kind of like you know a lot of the uh, Sims that Derek was talking mm-hmm. about. 
uh, for World War II was now applied to um, yeah. Star Wars. Another, I mean, another big um, advertising campaign. Ooh, I remember yeah. X-wing crap everywhere. Yeah, if it if it's old PC software, you could not walk in without it being there. Um, it did have um, uh, add-ons too. If you bought the floppy version, it later had a CD-ROM version. <laughs> but there was Imperial Pursuit, which um, helps you uh, do the evacuation of Yavin Four, and uh, B-wing, which allows you to. Uh, um, to uh, navigate a B-Wing on your way to Hoth. So this is kind of an in-between episodes four and five. Um, but uh, I just remember X-Wing being very popular, and then, of course... Yeah, DLC. That's, that's kind of that's that's cool. I know, add-on packs. Oh, well, and of course the CD-ROM version was called a collector's edition and had both. Um, then there was TIE Fighter. TIE Fighter obviously came out the next year. TIE Fighters operate extremely differently. Um and it also showed you kind of the Imperial side, so it was good to be the bad guy. Um, again, it did have um, expansions. It had a big expansion pack called Defender of the Empire, which um, had you fly. Um, it was all about this planet Zarin, which I don't. I think it's part of the Star Wars lore, and I'm a pretty big Star Wars buff, but I don't think I know for a fact it wasn't in any of the movies. Um, and then there was obviously the the combination X-wing versus Tie Fighter, which was its own. You know, uh, plot line that kind of fused the two. Tie Fighter was uh, more like, if I remember correctly, wasn't Tie Fighter more popular than X Wing when it came out? Like it was. Oh yeah, head? yeah. Oh yeah, it was always more popular because everyone loves the Tie Fighter. I mean, deep down inside. Um, but uh, yeah, Tie Fighter was huge, and so X Wing versus Tie Fighter. I think wasn't wasn't there a battle mode where you could call each other up on ninety six bod modems, <laughs> ninety six hundred bod modems, and duke it out. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Um, yes, okay, there we go. Yeah. Uh, exclusively for multiplayer, um, lacking a storyline. So you were able to duke it out. And I remember, like, no one wanted to be the, the X-Wing. Everyone wanted to be the TIE Fighter. Even though, technically speaking, I think the X-Wing's more battle-ready. Well, technically but, speaking, the A-Wing is the best that the Rebels had to offer. True, they didn't give it an, they didn't give it its own, uh... Area, but it did get its own Lego set, Derek. So there is that. The B wing, I don't even understand why it exists. It just seems like a stupid, um, you know, weird kind of cross shape. A wing, I can see because they're the best. The Y wing because they're bombers. The X wing because you need something <laughs> cannon fodder. But oh, yeah. B wing, like you say, who who's flying that thing around? I don't know and why it was <laughs> DLC for for X wing. I think we just nailed why it wasn't very popular. <laughs> uh. But. Uh, but all right, so that's it for the Sims, and so we'll now we'll jump back to your 16-bit sprite-based games. So, <clears throat> in the interest of time, mm -hmm. we'll kind of speed through the ones that people know. So, obviously, everyone knows about uh, this little game called Super Star Wars. It's fucking impossible. Mm -hmm. You remember this? 1992. Good games though. Yeah. Yeah. Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, and Super Return of the Jedi came out in 1992, 93, 94. Um, Really good games, actually. I, I really dug them. Um, anybody been able to beat any of these? No. I was able to beat Empire. I did not have super. I, I did not have a super NES, so I did not get to play any of these. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, well, I didn't have one growing up, but I did get. One. You know, my brother had one, but we never owned these games. But I worked at a department store at the time, and we we had one. We opened one. Damaged out. Games. Yeah, we we opened a, one that was returned. We. We had it hooked up to a TV in the back, and we used to play them. And I remember them being impossible, but they were cool as shit, though. I played one yeah. at my friend's house, and that's, and that's it. 
Well, the thing with Super Star Wars is it was all fun and games until um, <laughs> you got to, I think, the fourth level, which was you were with C-3PO in the um, in the, the land speeder, and you couldn't crash into stuff. You're looking for uh, R2, and it was brutal. And then um, TIE Fighter was a big deal because... Uh, um, still there, Trees? Yeah, why? Oh, okay. <laughs> telling me there's a problem with this call. Oh, no, that means the live feed. Oh, crap. All right, hold on for technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, I'm here. Dark still here? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, apparently it's having issues with uh, Gaming History 101. Of course, the live feed. So. Well, let me know if you can't get back on because I can always hit a button here and, and put you guys on. If you can, yeah, that would be cool because uh, then I don't have to worry about that. Oh, but I got to go probably disconnect, but so, uh, what's your call, man? If you want to, we only need about, uh, for, uh, 40 minutes tops. I can kill the feed You're on right now. Okay. Well, I, cause I got to kill it. So, oh, uh, looks like I disconnected. Okay. Well, let me run downstairs and kill the feed. Unless <laughs> is, am I still on there? No, the, now, um, I just took over. So, uh, whatever, oh, cool. whatever it's doing downstairs, uh, not hit the server. All right. Well, we're back. Okay. Thank you, Dick. <laughs> you know what would be really smart? If I had this all in one yes. computer, that would be amazing. Friends say the uh, studio. Where's the running, yeah, running up and down stairs? <laughs> it's because I refuse to update my, my yeah. PC. You should just have um, those little fucking water birds hitting the button downstairs <laughs> for you. Mm-hmm. Like Homer Simpson yeah. production values. That's yeah. some strings and pulleys go through your house. You pull a string. There you go. Drop a can of soup on the button when you're ready to go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I do remember the uh, the Super Star Wars series being, like, awesome. But, uh, yeah, I remember Super Return of the Jedi being so hard I just, like, got so pissed off and just gave up on it. But it had, like, crazy stuff. Like, the Wampa was bigger than life. Mm-hmm. Um, you're writing a Tauntaun in the beginning of Empire, and, and it gets killed, and there's no rhyme or reason as to, you know, I mean, it has a life meter, so there's a reason why it gets killed, but there's no rhyme or reason as to why you need it to live or not, you know? <laughs> um, so, and I do remember uh, Yoda, every time you continue, he would tell you, um, do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> so, yeah, so stop fucking up, yep. basically, is what he was saying. Um but uh, but but right after that, they they came up with a non Star Wars game, which was Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Uh, my wife thinks this is like the greatest game that has ever been invented. It is a good game. Uh, it's a really good game, but it's hard as hell. If you didn't have any friends, the game sucked. <laughs> oh man, alone that game is hard, and it kind of sucks too. <laughs> um. But uh, and and I'm controversial because I feel that the the Genesis version is the better version. Mm. Uh, it doesn't have better graphics, but it has the blood, and I think it moves a little smoother. It's got a, a it's got a HUD, so you can see where all the because basically you're dropped into backyards, and your your job is to run through these neighborhoods with all these classic horror movie Monster, monsters, yeah. basically. And there are ten people from the from level one. They're ten like tourists or, or neighbors that are in these backyards, and you have to get to them before the the, the creatures mm-hmm. do. If they get to them and kill them, they get eliminated permanently. And once you get down to no people left or no lives left, you lose. And there's forty eight levels plus two bonus levels that are optional. Giant baby. Giant. That's what baby. everybody mentions. 
Remember Giant Baby? Yeah. Giant Baby Run Around. Um, and they made a sequel, uh, Ghoul Patrol, which was only on SNES. And so since Derek and I just talked about the fact that we only had Genesis as growing up, did you ever play Ghoul Patrol? Trees? No, because I wouldn't play a game named Ghoul Patrol. It sounds terrible. <laughs> it was called Zombies Ate My Neighbors 2. I would have played it. But no Ghoul Patrol. No. Would you play a game called Ghoul Patrol? <laughs> uh, no. No, I didn't play a game called Ghoul Patrol, to be honest with you. I, in fact, I didn't even know it was the sequel to Zombies Ate My Neighbors until I was exactly. doing, uh, yeah, I was doing research. So, um, But more significant is um, the PC game. And this game I did have because I was getting really into Windows 95 slash DOS-based um, computer games at this time. This is when... You know, I kind of gave up on consoles because they were getting really expensive and nothing cool was coming out of the Genesis. Plus, I kind of blew my wad getting a Sega CD and that really mm. shit in my face. Um, Dude. But it was Dark Forces. Yes. 1995. So the Doom craze had hit and LucasArts was like, how do we make the most of this? Mm-hmm. And what was the easiest way to do it? Dark Forces, baby. Yep. Let's make a uh, let's make a first person shooter with stormtroopers, it, it, and you know what? It fucking works. It's funny because uh, <laughs> I just put the the cover for the PS One version in the that. chat because yeah. I had it queued up because this was a, a, as we we're talking about like all this LucasArts stuff I've been seeing in stores, but I could I never had access to it, and this was the first time where it was like a big deal that I could play a Star Wars game that was. Usually on a PC yeah. game, but now is out for the PlayStation. And you can- yeah, ninety six a year after the PlayStation released. Actually, day and date, kind mm-hmm. of with uh, just after uh, Resident Evil. Yeah, out comes Dark Forces it, on the PS. And I remember I was in Copley Plaza in Boston, and it was like, it was like the only copy like I could find. Like I, I wouldn't have found it like in some podunk town from where around where I was. But I was in Copley Plaza, and it was like a swanky EB or whatever they had in, in their plaza, and it's like they had, like, a copy of it. So this was my first time, like, bringing something home that was, like, sweet, you know? Because mm-hmm. before that, like you said, Genesis, Super Nintendo, it was all cartridge-based games, and, and all the Star Wars games were CD-based, you know? So this was the first time yeah. they were actually – they could port them to a, to a system, you know? So – well, and it wasn't um, PC heavy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, so did you? So you got the game? Obviously, I did. did you like it? I did like it, but I found it. I found it hard. It was. I remember hard. it being um, hard, but I remember being all uh, getting all jazzed because, like, one of the first levels, you're on like the Kessel Mines or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it was spice the, spi- yes, yeah. the spice mines, and you're like, it's the spice mines. <laughs> yes, yeah. he talks about yes, the spice yes. mines, the Kessel. Yes. So often. now, what was it? The guy had a cool ass <laughs> name, right? The guy you played, I can't remember. Oh, the lead character. He had a badass name. Star. I do forget what his. I name can't remember was. what it was. It was Darth Star Killer. No, <laughs> it was close to that though. It sounded like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, off the, off the, the character uh, Kyle Katarn. Yeah, there it is. Katarn. Yes. Katarn. Kyle Katarn. I like it. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. It has the Jedi game engine. Um, you know what the, the mo- box art on this one on the, the, that you posted for the PlayStation. Let you know that it's the custom PlayStation edition. I don't know what that means. I wish I knew what that means. What was in there that was special? Oh yeah, it does say it's the custom. It's the custom plate. Like it's, it, PlayStation is written in giant font on the side, of it, right there. And it's like, no, no, just, just to make sure you know, this is the PlayStation edition. It's a gold stick. Oh, and and Derek, here's what you get for the PlayStation edition. 
criticized for having incredibly poor, sometimes unrecognizable graphics. It did. And ridiculously slow frame rates. I, I went back and popped this game in my PS3. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, and I know it's being upscaled and all that, but yeah, it was, you couldn't even, I was like, Kessel Mines? Those are Spice Mines? Can't tell. It's red. The game was nigh unplayable. <laughs> it was pretty bad. That's probably why it was so difficult. Keep that in mind, guys. It does have an infinite man code, though. <laughs> so you or infinite life code, so you can use that on on both the PC and the PlayStation version. It is on the PS PS3 uh, PSN store. It's it's a PS1 classic. Okay. If you want, yeah. But once you once you YouTube it first. Trees. I have the original disc of this game still in my possession. It's I, actually right behind me. I think me. I do too. I think I have it in a box. I have I have a red box sitting next to my TV. PS One. It's labeled PS. There is and, a. Oh no! I mean, I have the PC version. Oh Jesus! And apparently, you can take those because they were like, um, oh, what were they called? Wads. Dot WAD files. Mm-hmm. Oh, stick them in the engine game. You just like do whatever you want. A Doom engine. What? Yeah, use the Doom engine. Um, well, it may use its own version of Jedi Engine game, so maybe it wasn't a W dot A dot W A D, but it worked the same way. Maybe it was a dot J D I or something. I don't know, but um, but yeah, apparently there's an upres mode that that upreses it and makes it like Windows XP compatible. So there's a way to to play it now. You ever go back to those to like an old game you had? And he's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the res all the way up, and the highest it will go is like 640 by 480. <laughs> yeah, I did that with Resident Evil 1 on the PC. <laughs> that game looks so jaggy, you can't believe it. <laughs> um, although, you know, with with other games like that, that up-res uh, filter on System Shock really ups it. Um, but again, yeah, like you said, Derek, it's it's outside of the confines of the original game's code. Um but, uh, but yeah, apparently it was, I mean, like I said, it was really good. Um, I remember putting God Code on and getting through, like, the first three levels. Um, but I didn't do much after that. And I need to go back to this game. I want to go see if this game's any good. Well, here's a, I put a link to a like YouTube now. video if you want to see some uh, footage of it All being right, played. Well, there you go. It did have the crawl at the beginning, which was a big deal. That yeah, was, that was yeah, huge. I was like, oh, look at that. that. I don't know, man. I'm ready to I, just come Let me out. say, I've seen worse. I'm watching this now. Well, it has a Star Destroyer interior, Jabba the Hutt space yacht, and it, it does take you on Coruscant. It's one of the first times you get to see Coruscant. So. How sad is it that I'm, I'm watching this gameplay video and I, it's coming back. Like, I remember the weapons. He's His little thermal mine you can yeah, throw. You I remember all of it. Yeah, the thermal detonator. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big deal. It doesn't look that bad. Um, it's all right. <laughs> For a Doom Engine era game? It's yeah, not it's not bad. Yeah. No, look at yeah, it looked good. I'll play that. Let's still play that. It's it. Well, it looks so good. It spawned two sequels. I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess we'll just bring up the sequels real real quick while we're on the topic. Uh, so the first one was uh, Dark Forces Two, uh, Jedi Knight. Um, and uh, I think this game was on original Xbox. I think I have it on. I, th- Xbox. I think it was. I think there was an Xbox version. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no! I'm sorry. I have Jedi Academy that, Jedi that, Knight that's too. What I'm so, of. Yeah. yeah, Jedi. So Jedi Knight was Windows. Um, received very well. Graphics look pretty good. Came out in '97 though. So, um, it does let you swap between um, first person and third person view, which was a big deal. Um, it did have an expansion pack, Derek. Yet again, 1998. Yes. Got Mysteries of the Sith. 
Um, 15 multiplayer maps. Hell yeah. Didn't mess around. And uh, in Mysteries of the Sith, aside from uh, Kyle Katurn, um, you are given uh, control of Mara Jade, which I think is a big deal. For those that are fans of the Expanded Universe, she was kind of the uh, female Jedi apprentice that was uh, being raised by uh, Darth Vader in case the Luke Skywalker thing didn't didn't work out. Maybe she'll show up in uh, 7. Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? I want that to happen. I want that to happen really bad. Uh, anyway. Um, so beyond that were, yeah, then then the Jedi Knight series kind of takes on its own world. So Jedi Knight 2 was Jedi Academy and Jedi Knight. Well, it wasn't called Jedi Knight 3, I don't think. I think it was just called Jedi Outcast. Now, did you guys play either of those? Those were both on Xbox because I know I've got them both on Xbox One. I do remember playing them, but I don't remember much about them. I remember not liking the Jedi games because it, it felt the the lightsaber part did not right. feel right. Mm-hmm. I think that's its highest criticism is they gave you first person lightsabering and it mm-hmm. didn't, didn't go. You know, well. as, as what Jarek just says, like I remember playing, and the fact that I, I didn't play it much probably means I didn't like it. You know what I mean? I remember playing well, very what? little of it. I have those games and recently cracked the shrink wrap on them and. Uh, on top of a billion other games, I'm going to eventually vow to play them. Um, going back, uh, way back in the Sega CD days, do you guys remember Star Wars um, Battle Chess or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Star Wars I Chess. I had Battle Chess. Yeah, S- slow it. as shit. No, my god, the load times are ungodly. Yeah, I, I, I did not understand why, because the chess part, I was like, okay, it's just chess, big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what yeah. every animation it would load up each animation would take yes. forever. Hey. I know that was the problem. Oh, game, chess is a slow enough yeah. game to begin with, and with like thirty second load times for everything. Wasn't Chewbacca a knight, <laughs> or was he a rook? I don't anyway, know. I it was. I remember the droids would get smashed, and the little vacuum cleaner would come down and suck up the yeah, pots. Yeah, which was awesome. <laughs> It was clever. I just um, and I don't have much info on it. I wonder was there ever like there had to have been a PC version of this, right? Yeah, of course there was. Yeah, and I bet it was quicker. <laughs> that would have well, been only awesome. if you had a two X CD ROM. Well, no, like if you had like the the floppy version, you know, it'd have shitty graphics, but it, it's like Willie Beamish. It like load so much faster. Well, you're, you're, you're you're actually thinking people had like hard drives back then. I remember when if you had a floppy, you ran oh, a sucker yeah. off the floppies. Good point. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah, they do. They did read off the floppies. You're right, but I think the read speed was still faster. But anyway, um, for those that are still wondering what happened with the zombies at my neighbor team, they got to make a new game called Herx Adventures. It was on the Saturn and the Play- PlayStation had the same view as uh, Zombies at My Neighbors, and followed the um, the stories of Hercules. Anybody play this game? No. Okay. <laughs> so Herc's Adventures, it's a gem. Check it out. Um, <laughs> I did play this game, That's though, unfortunately. Oh, my God. They're skipping over Herc's Adventures. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> what? He came in for, what was it, Fractalus? Nobody talks about Herc's Adventures? Okay. I promise to, uh, I'll put it on the calendar. Sometime this summer, I will play Herc's Adventures for us uh, on GH101. Um so, do you, anybody play uh, Star Wars Masters of Terrace Kasi? Huh? Oh, Terrace Kai? Oh, the fighting game. It's a, yeah. Not, not that good. 
once again, Terrace Kai. That was that. That's when it kind of seemed that Lucas Lucas Arts was like, you know what? We just want money because yeah, they were trying, yes. man. Yeah, that that was a that could have been awesome. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, they likened it in like preview coverage to Virtua Fighter and Soul Edge. Those and Tekken. Mm-hmm. Those are not small uh, games to compare yourself to. Well, you know what they would they were just looking at what was hitting at the time. And trying to fit the Star Wars universe in there, you know, squeeze it into a, a Star Wars universe. So, you know, the fighting games were big. The 3D fighting games were, were hitting, you know. So, just wasn't very... Yeah, unfortunately, they, they dropped the ball on this. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Well, it seemed um, rushed out, you know. Probably it, was. It, it didn't seem very <laughs> polished, you know. Um, it then, came, games were kind of uh, kind of like they were, they were secret sauce in fighting games, it seemed, where mm-hmm. some games... Great, mm-hmm. and then this game was that like like that was really close to it. Like just just sucked. You had a re- lot of really really bad fighting games because people didn't know why they were good. So yeah, well, and there was a lot of like back and forth too with the uh, the the different versions of games. Like you know, I mean, now looking back on it, we can we can say this, but you know, it wasn't so obvious mm-hmm. at the time. Was the whole you know Saturn handled two D sprites extremely well for your Capcom fighters and things like that, whereas PlayStation was much better with your three D fighters. And and I mean that that was a game in and of itself. Although I don't think I think this was just PlayStation. But, like, the characters that were playable were, like, Luke, Vader, Leia, Han, Chewbacca. I mean, Boba Fett. They threw everyone in there. Tusken Raider? Huh? Good morning, <laughs> guard. Princess Leia in this Jabba slave outfit? My favorite? Mara Jade? Jesus Christ, I'm ready to go buy this game again. Don't do it. <laughs> Even knowing how bad it is. I might want to play Leia in the slave outfit just to see how she... What's her, what's her attack? I don't know, but my perfect world is Lay in the Slave Outfit versus Mara Jade. Come on, I know it's on YouTube. I know it's on YouTube. Um, <laughs> I beat down Darth Vader with a Tusken Raider and a jump kick, and only the jump kick. There you have it. <laughs> Dungeon Buster proves why this game was, was just horrid. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that are like, when, like when the, when the DC Universe fighting game came out, people were like, "Well, you can't beat Superman because he can do whatever, so it doesn't make any sense." Like, and oh, this yeah. game, you're like, "Well, Luke has the lightsaber. He if he hits you in the leg with your lightsaber, your leg should fall off." Yeah, but it should. <laughs> like that. That kind of it should. This yeah. game where yeah. he, he has this weapon and the other oh. guys fight with a stick and you have a lightsaber and you're like bouncing off of it. Like, no, that's not how it works. Well, it didn't stop them from doing that in Soul Calibur, so. Yeah, they stuck those in, those guys in later on. But didn't this wasn't this game um, dead in the water when it came out? Wasn't there? Yes. You could play this game as a demo on some other disc or something. And there was like an unlock. Code and it was something. terrible. Like so, everybody already played the demo of it before it even came out, and it was it was horrible. So yeah. it never even took off. Yeah, it only lets you play like one character, but there was a way to unlock the couple other characters that were in the demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and people were like, "This is gonna yeah. be horrible." Yeah, I remember it just being ridiculed. Plus, magazines were huge. Yes, now. I mean it was it was uh it was big enough that you couldn't sneak a shit game out. Yep. <laughs> Wait, this is not Leia in her slave outfit. Is Leia in her bounty hunter outfit with the help? Oh, really? They say Leia in the slave outfit. I'm sorry. It, is, but uh, it says Princess Leia on the. the I'm looking at and she is not attractive. <laughs> No, she's in the the what is it the boss outfit the Both outfit, yeah. yeah. Um, well, 
not as not as depressing as Leia in outside of the slave outfit is. Um, uh, LucasArts was smart then. They teamed up with Factor Five for a couple of games. Um, first one obviously being um, Rogue Squadron mm. on the N sixty four. One of the few reasons to yeah, own an N sixty four. Big, in my big opinion. deal. Do you like Rogue Squadron? Uh, yes. No. Oh yeah, yeah. I I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I I appreciate its its uh the skill in making it, but I wasn't. <laughs> Derek, I will have you know that one of the biggest unlockables in that game is the A wing, which is bar none one of the best ships in every level. True. Okay. So anyway, but uh, and remember, this was the one that utilized the ram cart. If you had it, it was optional. But if you did, it would display in gorgeous 640 by 480 compressed down for your TV screen. But, you know, big deal. Four megs of RAM doing shit. Um, after that, they would obviously go on and make two more sequels. Now, I had this interesting thing with my Rogue Squadron 2 disc. In fact, I still have never gotten this resolved. Um, it kind of glitches up in the middle of the first uh, cut scene. So I've never played it. Is Rogue Squadron 2 any good on the GameCube? Uh, yeah, I remember that being a system seller when it came out. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. It was a launch game, so I'm sure it was a big deal. Yeah. So I need to go figure that out or buy a new copy because I'm sure that game is super cheap now. <laughs> but... Is that, um, did that release with a special GameCube? Was there a special, is that when the purple GameCube came out? <laughs> For that game or something. <laughs> the Purple GameCube was the launch. Oh, was it still? I, I swear it was like, maybe I'm just seeing people that made custom ones. I could have sworn there was one with Darth Vader on it, like screen printed on it or something. Yeah. I don't think so. so. It did have, it, did, it was one of the first games, I believe, that had uh, developer commentary. Yes, it did. And that opening cutscene apparently, like, blew everyone away at E3. Um but uh but yeah it was it was uh, again the big uh, controversy of this was um was uh, Star Wars episode 1 battle for Naboo was supposed to be like something that both um uh LucasArts and Factor 5 were working on and then they started this one and so they kind of uh both uh LucasArts and Factor 5 worked cooperatively on both games and LucasArts kind of took lead credit for both games um and what was actually the case was episode one battle for naboo was predominantly lucas arts and factor mm-hmm. five was predominantly rogue squadron two but yeah uh, apparently it was an amazing game so i need to i need to go back and play that um the ability to unlock the millennium falcon mm-hmm. big deal. oh yeah um so uh, the previous, uh, and then there was Rogue Squadron three. Now that one allowed you to get on the on the ground, and I played that one. And that one's not really good. The only thing I remember liking about that game was unlocking the original arcade games. Uh, anybody play Episode three? No. That was like GameCube was dead yeah, when that no. came out. Like that was yeah. A um, couple of Episode one shit coming out with all of the advent of all that mm-hmm. stuff. There was uh, Episode one Racer. Anybody play Episode? Pod Racer was awesome, man. I know. Came with the N sixty four boxed in with almost every version you could possibly. Really I, have, I have the I have the Dreamcast. Uh, I, I still too. have the Dreamcast version. It's, it's awesome, man! That game's awesome. Graphically, it looks yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, they, they really pumping the music from Episode One. It's great, man. The best part of Episode One it made the best game from Episode One. Yep, that's a good Come point. one. You got those yeah. little pit droids. They're awesome, man. <laughs> I do like yeah, those the pit, pit droids, droids are the shit. 
Uh, and I think as, as no one is surprised by this, um, because of the failure of episode one kind of as a movie and as, as, as ports of games, um, there was an adventure game, uh, Jedi Power Battles, that came out um, based off of The Phantom Menace um, on PlayStation Dreamcast. Anybody play this? No. Me neither. No, never heard of it, actually, since you just mentioned it. Yeah, you get to play as either Obi-Wan or Mace, which uh, sounds like a combination. And LucasArts didn't have anything, the, to, do with, they didn't have anything to do with uh, like the Sega arcade pod racing game or even the early Atari uh like arcade no that's yeah i should point out i kept those kind of out of it we discussed the atari ones um but the sega the sega developed uh, star wars arcade um which came out like early or late 80s and then there was a 32x version and then they made the trilogy mm-hmm. more recently in like 2005 which had really up graphics those were all sega developed and had nothing to do with lucas arts so that's the only reason i kind of strayed away from them although you know, there are some connections here, too. Um, and then there was Star Wars Obi-Wan. Have you ever played Star Wars Obi-Wan? I've got it on the Xbox. I've never played Jeez, it. Jeez, man. My Xbox adventure game, right? Is that an huh? adventure? That's an adventure game, right? Yeah, action adventure. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. That doesn't even sound familiar to me. I've got it. It has, um, it has uh, Liam Neeson mm. just chilling there. And then there was Star, uh, Star Wars Starfighter. Which uh, I do have on the uh, Xbox as well. This also came with it. Um, it was the precursor to Jedi Starfighter, which I guess was more popular. Did you guys play either of these? A Starfighter, I played this. Uh, this is the time when I did not think LucasArts made good games. No, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> they were pumping them out, man. They were pumping them out, although um, TC is saying in the chat it was kind of like uh, Rogue Squadron. It was. It was like Rogue Squadron, the first one, was like a bunch of scenarios that, you know, they didn't even really recreate anything. They were just a bunch of scenarios that were independent in the Star Wars universe. And uh, this was, you know, this this kind of redid that. And I remember the uh, the training sequence especially was pretty cool. Um and then there was uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, the uh, Boba Fett mm-hmm. game. Anybody play the Boba Fett game? Well, the Django Fett game, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Django Fett, man. No, yeah. I did not. Kind of tells that story. Uh, I didn't either. Is this, a, is this a big deal? Was this a big deal, chat? Anybody? No, no. The, the episode, like, this okay. is, like, when the the entire episode one and episode two and episode, the prequels kind of destroyed Star Wars as far as I want to play yeah, well, the one thing I liked about them was that uh um was that they uh um in episode 3 they did have that uh, revisionist future where you could rebeat the game uh as uh as uh um Anakin and uh, take over and become the new emperor. <laughs> See what happens when the whole world goes to mm. shit. <laughs> so um, but really, I mean, yeah, after that, there's only one game left and we'll be talking about it in a second. I know trees has been biting at the bit for it, but, um, there are lots of offshoot games. Um, and these are all the good ones, quote unquote, as, as Derek kind of talked about, uh, Bioware will do Knights of the Old Republic, Obsidian will do the sequel. Um, I like Knights of the Old Republic. I, I bought that game. I bought that game once and then I bought it again and then I bought it again. And each time I hated it, and I'm never, I'm not never playing that game. Really? 
I've kind of had the same impressions, but this is only I've only done it twice. So third time's a charm. I just picked up both games again on Xbox. The yeah, expensive I, version. I love the first one, man. I played it through twice, like so, fully, like how? So, I just loved them. Thought they were so good. I, I think I'm going to have problems with it for the same reasons I have trouble with Dragon Age Origins, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> then Pandemic. <laughs> Pandemic, who did the Mercenary series, best known, um, you know, did the huge deal, the Battlefront mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, Battlefront's a huge deal. Um, I don't know. Do you guys uh, play in the Battlefront? Obviously, Battlefront 2 we talked about at the very beginning of the show. But... I tried to get in the Battlefront, man. But, again, I played – was it the Xbox version or the Xbox – Xbox bit? There was an Xbox One and a I PS2 played the version. Xbox One, and it was, like, so glitchy. Like, really mm-hmm. bad, like, you know, shooting through walls and, like, game-breaking glitches. That It was fun, though. I mean, they had the, the Battle of Endor on there. And, and it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was I fun with the, the, the major the battles. Speed, the, you know, the, the speed bikes flying by and stuff. And it had a good, you know, you got the vibe of the movie in there. But uh, the game was a little glitchy for the, the Xbox. That was actually a Xbox pack-in during the end of the Xbox run, too. Was it? That would be a good pack-in. Did- uh, well, even though it was glitchy, I guess. I, I, again, I've got the PS2 version, so I then they had the didn't seem too bad in the. PS2. They had the big uh, Battlefront 2 PSP bundle with that cool Darth Vader yeah, PSP. Yeah, because it got ported to PSP. Yeah, I remember that being a big yeah. deal. That's a cool PSP. Because um, because at the time Sony was like, no, 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 the PSP is not like a portable PS2. By the way, here's a PS2 game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, I had that. Uh, that PSP is pretty badass though with the Darth Vader. On the best. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, and it's—I think it's a collector's item. I don't think it's worth no. that much, but it's a collector's item. Um, but the last thing that Lucas Arts will do that I vouch for, because the Force Unleashed is not uh, vouchable, oh. um, is Star Wars Republic there Commando we go. Uh, in 2005, and this is about as new as we'll get. Uh, released on Windows and the Xbox. Now, I just recently got this because you are not alone in in everyone saying that this game is just this amazing like Halo in the Star Wars universe type of game. It's um squad based. You know, so you mm-hmm. can you control the the four squad members, you know, you can point and you know, point them around and and stuff like that. it's but story-wise it's just great. I think it takes place between uh during the Clone Wars, the second move. I yeah, think it, between ups 2 and 3 and it's yeah. it's, it's pretty good. You know, and they actually give these clones like uh, personality. Uh, each mm-hmm. one, you know, you have the heavy, you know, the heavy gunner, and oh, they all act like Boba Fett and, and all that sort of thing. But they, ah, oh, they're cool. You know, well, it's, again, it's not a cheap game. I found a disc only. For yeah, I'm I'm looking right now at them, and and to get them still just in the box with the manuals is you're looking. They're over twenty five bucks still. Yeah. So. Yeah, I did pick this one up disc only. So. Um, but again, that's the difference between you and me. I buy just to play. Uh, <laughs> you, you like something better. On I need the to show. look at them. Yeah. I go back and forth uh, again, me. you know, someday I'll, I'll just record my game room real quick. Mm-hmm. I'll take a quick video for like five minutes of all my shit, but, this, uh, you'll kind of see how it's a mix. And this match. game, a uh, little bit lore into the Star Wars universe. Let's let you mm-hmm. know that these clone troopers have uh windshield wipers inside their visors. Just so you know. Oh yes, I, I, wasn't there like a special technology for that? I have no I, I idea. Seem but to remember hearing something. I about remember that. being on uh, Genosis, saying you get the bug guts on you, and it would like yeah. swipe over and like wipe it off. You're like, ooh, this is technology right there. <laughs> 
<laughs> Flash Bender says the clone troopers are bros. Like they are bros. Too. Yeah, there's a lot of bro. There's <laughs> a lot of bro awesome. talk. Between them. actually, that makes me want to more. I think um, there's some law where they're not clones. Like the four of them are more they're individuals. And that's oh, and that's why shit. they sort of have different builds. Because the I think the heavy gun yeah. is like bigger. Like he has like a bigger build to him and stuff. And the, I, I think mm-hmm. there's something explained in there where they're not all the way clones. They're sort of like. Uh, Either way, it's a it's a great game. It has a great ending, and uh, it's, it's good. yeah. It spawned three novels, man, to tell the lore of what you're talking. Yeah, about. it's great, man. And trees, would you be pissed off to hear there was a sequel, Imperial Command? I heard about the that that was, was uh, yeah, mm. got as far as combat or concept paintings, and that was canceled. Apparently, this was packed in with the Xbox for a short period of time, and it even it didn't even do good then. That's too it's bad. Good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna pick this up. I'm on eBay right now, like looking. I'd like to play it again because it is it is uh, backwards compatible, so you can play it. On, you can play oh, it on the 360 if you. Uh... I I'm one of the yeah. Now that I finally like bit the bullet and bought you know an Xbox, I bought it for a whopping ten dollars mm-hmm. from some chick in like rural right. Missouri. Um, I'm you know I I just try to play the Xbox games on the Xbox. They do look a lot cleaner on the original hardware. It's just you got to buy the thirty pound mm-hmm. brick. Um. But, uh, but yeah, it was kind of very cool. Like it's, it's funny how, how we come back to square, right? Because Xbox 360 is based off of, um, what is it? Power PC architecture or something like that. Uh, and yet, uh, the original Xbox was basically a PC. Mm. I mean, (laughs) through and through, which is why I had all those PC ports anyway. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Derek, Rob, you want to say anything as final thoughts for LucasArts as they close the door for their legacy? Uh, it should have happened a while ago. They, <laughs> they did like they were. It, I'm sure they're pleased. One of those companies where you're like they're going to do something. You kind of wanted them to do something good because you like you knew they could, mm-hmm. but they, they every time they did, it was like, oh, really again. So I'm kind. I'm like the, like when everybody was getting excited over Star Wars 1313, but. No, mm-hmm. that when it came out, it wasn't really that good. Well, the more I hear about that game, the less impressed I was with yeah. it. <laughs> like, it, it looks mm-hmm. gorgeous. That'll give it, you know. But um, and actually, that was our that was one of the questions that was asked. Basically, a couple people uh, chimed in with some questions, but they were all basically the same. Which is, what do you think will happen to these uh, Star Wars games? I I think. We won't mm-hmm. see them. Do you think that anyone will jump in and, and c- complete those? No, games? because the old the older public MMO is not setting the world on fire. No. Yeah, it's. I think Star Wars has finally faded, and Disney's being real smart to just cut the head off and start mm-hmm. fresh. Uh, and we tend to see Disney do that for better well, or for worse. My final thoughts: are, uh, Ball Blazer Two and Republic Commando Two for the PS4. Let's go. Let's get these rolling. Spring moats. <laughs> ball. ball Blazer would be kind of cool. iOS version of Ball Blazer. Do that. I bet that would work. That would work well. That would be good for touching. Fractalis. Control. Get that on the iPad. Uh, Fractalis probably <laughs> is on the iPad. Every time I say something like that, those old PC games have been ported over. <laughs> I found out the whole Dizzy franchise is on Android. I couldn't believe that. Now, granted, if you're not British and don't have a microcomputer, you have no idea who Dizzy is, but look it up. It's the, funny. Um, Dizzy the Egg, right? Yeah, yeah. The Egg community, man. They're going nuts. It's it's hilarious. Like, 
Oh, I'm sure in America we've got series that are just like that, but you know, it's just funny to Dizzy has such a special place in the hearts of, of, of the Europeans. But anyway. All right, well, I think we're going to call it tonight. Derek, yes. thank you very much for, one, taking up the reins and uh, finishing off the hosting when uh, my computer shit the bed, and two, um, adding in um, what is probably some of the lesser known and, and quintessential parts of LucasArts's uh, Pantheon. Uh, that's, so. the, that's the pluses of, staying, of, of being a shut-in as a kid. <laughs> hey, man, Years yeah. later, I get to come on the podcast and help out. There you go. You can write that down. For you kids out there that are, that are going through right now, Trust me, it's worth it in the end. Yeah. It works out. Yeah, yeah. It pays off. No, it, it seriously does. No joking yeah. about it. Like, like I, you know, again, I, I studied, uh, <laughs> I try to study video games like I do all other academics. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but thank you very much, Derek. Thank you, All Game. Thank you, Chatters. Um, thank you to, uh, uh, to everybody who, who signs on, you can find us at uh, GamingHistory101.com where we have this and many others. As I kind of said at the beginning of the show, um, I've been doing a lot of multimedia stuff. So there's kind of a blitz. Every article now has tons of photos, pictures, the whole or pictures, <laughs> movie, the whole nine yards. And then obviously we have the, play, uh, the podcast coverage. So, uh, Derek, where can we find you? Uh, well, every, every I'm a, just go chat to AllGamers.com. You'll see me in there. And I'll host a, a few shows here. Uh, but instead of me plugging that, I would like to plug the, uh, the new tournament that is, you guys are, the, I'm first announcing it on live on the air on this show. Uh, the Excellent. All Games Injustice Gods Among Us, uh, free for all tournament. Uh, it's a fighting game. It's on a PS3. It'll be out on the 16th. We, we're taking registrations now, re- registrations now at allgames.com. Just click on the events button and register. You can win, uh, a statue, uh, PSN plus membership. Uh, t-shirts and or something from the uh, all games prize box you, and plus we have random even if you don't win uh, we are giving prizes out to random entries so go join up and uh, play in the all games and justice gods among us free for all t- online tournament why does a mouthfeel i need to ch- actually derek i'm i'm really interested in this because i'm a i've become a hardcore uh back into fighters and stuff um our I don't mind giving away my prize if I win, but uh, are we allowed to yeah, join of course. up? I'm, I'm in it because I don't want to have to mail it out. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely jumping in because uh, I've been interested with Injustice and uh, PS3 uh, because of my Hori fight stick has become like my number one <laughs> thing. Well, and I've recently bought the Mortal Kombat stick, so maybe Injustice will be compatible with it. That'll from be the awesome. Makers of Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's from NetherRealm Studios. So, um, excellent. And uh, Trees, where can we find uh, you? EasyModeUnlock.com. Go there for the forums and you and uh, every Monday at 7. <laughs> Live. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much. And until next week, uh, which I think, guys, um, we're going to do uh, classic stuff unless anybody has another sec- suggestion. So I was going to start with uh, Mario. Let's do Mario. There's a mouthful. Yeah. So, um, And Sean wants to join us next week. So we'll see about <laughs> that. So... All right, well, without further ado, thank you, everybody, and have a good week.